Hey, this is Sean Leary, and welcome back to QC Uncut, the number one rated podcast in the Quad Cities, and your only source for long-form podcasts here in the Quad Cities. It's uncut, it's unedited, it's uncensored. Conversation with me, Sean Leary, and area newsmakers, everyone from politicians to artists to comedians to creative types and entrepreneurs and more. And the gentleman that I am interviewing today uh, fits into a number of those character categories. Um, he is an entrepreneur. He is a comedian. He is a creator. It is Patrick Adamson from Comedy Sports. And we're going to be talking to Patrick. This is an exclusive story we're breaking here on QuadCities.com about all the details of what is happening here at the Establishment Theater and with Comedy Sports, because they're going to be moving from the Establishment, what is it, May 26th? May 25th is our last performance here okay. at the Establishment. So, uh, Patrick? Before we get started, Sean, I want to know, do you have a present for me? <laughs> I think this is the third time I've been on, and I don't know if that's a record or not, but if it is, I deserve some. You, you've tied Mike Tomes. Mike Tomes has been on the show three times, too. So the two, you have your, comp, your competition is set, if Patrick. I tie, if so, I tie Mike Tomes once in life, I'm doing well. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Once one of you gets to five, I'll bring you a free sandwich. Whoever gets whoever gets to five like first, subway it's Subway. Card. That's a Subway punch card. If the first one to get to five, although I think Dylan Parker's been on twice too, so he's you know he's coming up you know on the stretch. You probably have to buy two more sandwiches before they give you the free ones so that you can give us the prize. Right. Right. Exactly, okay. Exactly. I see. Yeah. So, uh, Patrick, thank you so much for, once again, for the third time being on our show. Thanks for having me back. Uh, No, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about all the exciting things we got going on. I mean, there is certainly a period of transition for us. We're leaving the establishment, which has been our home for eight and a half years. We've put on literally thousands of shows in this venue, Um, you know, events as well. I mean, this is has taken a tremendous amount of uh, team effort and uh, it's been a lot of joy and laughter in these walls so you know it is kind of bittersweet in that way to to leave that behind and uh, we're doing so so that we can better secure our future we're going to get our first uh, venue ever in uh, Iowa after 28 and a half years mm-hmm. um, 29 no actually you know what we'll be 29 years in June Wow. Uh, and then uh, partnering as well uh, in Moline. So it's a chance to get with new families, get with new faces, um, kind of do a shared service model between some creative entities. And mm-hmm. I mean, really, it's, it's awesome. And thank you for giving us the exclusive on this. I'd actually talked to you about this a while ago. Yes. And, um, but we kind of waited on it until things were more solidified and stuff. So thank you very much for giving QuadCities.com first uh, dibs on this story and what have you. Happy to keep you in the front line. Awesome. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> um, let's uh, talk about the two venues. And let's from the start, let's talk about like what gave you guys the idea to do this in the first place. What led you to think about leaving the establishment and um, what took you to the venues that you've chosen? I mean, obviously, I think you and I talked about this when I first found out you guys were leaving. I'm like, I'll bet you're going to the spotlight because obviously Brett Tubbs has a connection. He's yep. been a longtime comedy sports member. Um, but why don't you tell us in your own words how this whole thing got started? What led you to the places where you're going to be going? It was a flux capacitor moment. <laughs> 1.21 gigawatts yeah. of inspiration. I slipped, I fell, I hit my head on the toilet. <laughs> and when I came back up, I realized that um, 
because we have this product that travels so well and has traveled for the last you know 20 years we've been performing for all sorts of corporations and organizations and schools i mean we go to them and we do that you know hundreds of times a year in addition to what we produce here in this building so it was this kind of epiphany moment of we don't have to be tethered right to one space we're already out there doing this you know uh format in other venues why not open ourselves up to having more flexibility and more mobility and to get in front of, like I said, new crowds, new faces, new people? Um, you know, it became really apparent to me. I, I, I'm going to go back, way back, back sure, in time. Sure, man. No, so 1990 is when comedy sports started. Mm-hmm. My dad was in the original troupe. I was 11 years old. And, uh, you know, that was still very much the time that you went out as a family. You know, there was the, if you want to do something, almost always, unless, you know, the new episode of Roseanne was on TV, uh, you would go out and do something. You know, who knows where you go to guys, you go to the park, you go to the movies, you go bowling, you go out and see a show. Um, and that has just changed. Right. I mean, right. that's not how things are. And I'm not bitter about that. I, this was always one of the few venues that you could do that, though. That's what was always interesting to me about comedy sports. That you could always go You could bring out. the whole family out. Yeah, absolutely. That's the reason why we're still here. Mm-hmm. I mean, the reason why we've had 29 years of success is because we're accessible. I mean, anybody from, you know, 8 to 88 can come mm-hmm. and watch the show. And it doesn't matter if it's an out-of-town guest or your new boss and you want to make a good impression. You right. don't have to worry about things getting, you know, too dirty, too rude, that you're going to feel embarrassed. Right. Like, oh, you know. You Political or anything. Yeah, absolutely. So that's a key part of our success. Um, so... I just realized that we had more potential if we could remove some of the, the burdens of being tied to one space and form partnerships with like-minded entities. And so, obviously, like you said, Spotlight, you guessed it when we first talked originally, and it is a great venue oh, for yeah, us. Yeah. It's a turnkey, right? There's a stage, lights, sound, right, yeah, well, you know, everything's there. There's a system in place. Synergy, yeah. And uh, Brent Tubbs, I mean, he was 17 uh, when we hired him, um, and then he moved away and came came back and started performing again so i mean he's been a part of our story for a long time mm-hmm. so it was an absolute you know easy decision to yeah. say hey this is this crazy idea we uh-huh. have do you want to get on board um and then the schaefer family who operate one voice and also uh, a, a part of past passion church uh, they have been a tremendous supporter of comedy sports for decades, um, back to when Scott was first uh, working with Heritage Church in Rock Island. I mean, he gave us one of our very first off-site shows. Mm-hmm. And since then, you know, we've just really enjoyed a nice relationship together. And being in Iowa is important to us because there are so many lazy people who, for some reason, have a mental block. I say lazy. I don't mean to be... I was trying to be funny, it's, not trying to be mean, but there's a mental block. There is. That, it's weird that, like, to me. It's so oh, weird. I, I don't, I don't well, go like, to Iowa. I don't go to yeah, Illinois. I, the whole state thing is just strange to me. I mean, maybe it's – but you grew up here. I mean, yeah. I grew up in Chicago, and so to me it's like one big city. I grew up between Chicago and New York. It's like one big city. There are rivers. There are bridges. You cross them. That's it. It's not a big deal. Yeah, I see So that. when I moved out here, I was like – I just thought of it as one big metro area. And I still do. If I want to go somewhere in Davenport, I don't think for a second about crossing the bridge. But you're right. Some people just like, well, I don't want to go all the way. I can see it's like a half hour. It's like a half hour away. And you're like, I don't want to drive a half hour. But like just to go across the bridge, it just seems 
weird to me. They're like there's a like an invisible barrier or something. Well, like, and now there go- there be goblins over there. Well, you know, you I mean, know it's been that way. it has been that way, and now there's a very visible barrier. Yeah, right. It's right. called a flood. Yeah, yes. uh, and and new bridge construction. Right. And those things aren't. You know, I mean, obviously the flood will recede sooner than the bridge will be done, uh-huh. but that you know it's going to be another year of uh, bridge headaches and uh, this barrier that we're talking about though it really does exist and so we always wanted to have <coughs> to find a place in Iowa where we can attract those those families and organizations that seem to be more just Iowa based or focused mm-hmm. And so it's exciting for us to do that. So the Schaefer's also have a great venue there. Um, you know, the stage, lights, sound, everything's in place, tables. I mean, you know, it's it's all there. So we knew that we could make these um, partnerships work and work quickly. Uh-huh. And then also the Spotlight Theater and One Voice is getting comedy sports and these 28 years of families. I mean, I, I talk to adults now who are bringing their kids, who they came as kids, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, um, it's generational. And so we're going to be able to help their organizations as well by bringing new faces, new families. And, and we all agree, you know, like comedy sports, I'm going to go to corporate speak for a second, but we really have four values that we rest upon. Um, you know, one is collaboration. That's what we're doing. Uh, the other is to have is fun, and that's what we create. The other is inspiration, and so we sought that in this idea to step out of the safety zone and to do something that is extra special and makes us even more unique. And then the fourth is gratitude, and that's what we're full of. I mean, this has been the absolute blast like these last years in the establishment have been a dream come true for us in so many ways you know not only have we become better as a team but we've created new shows i mean we've birthed you know well over a dozen new formats just here in this venue and to be able to walk away from this place armed not just with comedy sports but with all these additional formats that we can do plus the strength of our git improv crew like this is a I'll never see this as a dark spot. Mm-hmm. This is this is the spot that we established so that we can grow forward. Um, let's talk really quick. Uh, where are the new venues? I mean, Spotlight Theater is in the old Masonic Temple in Moline. In Moline, right at the foot of the seventy four bridge on Nineteenth uh, Street. Right, and then One Voice is the one where I was like, "Where the heck is that?" And you explained it to me, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, okay." So where is that? In North Park Mall. It's right across from Von Mauer. Um, if you've ever stood in a long line to take a picture with Santa, you were right next door. Uh, yep, there was a coffee shop that's there in the front, and they've got a performance venue in the back. Now, are these going to be the – when I talked to your dad a couple weeks ago, and he had mentioned a couple other venues you guys were looking at, not to replace these two, but also to add on. Um, is that going to be uh, something you guys are looking to do, is add different venues? Because obviously, when you look at this from a practical standpoint, um, with one voice, you can't do the late-night shows because they're R-rated. I know that that's, you know, that different be, kind of audiences. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so you can't do that. Um, Spotlight. You can do them, but Spotlight has their own programming and their own stuff, and so you may not be able to secure the venue as often as you as you would like. So if you do add, you know, if you're looking at and going, okay, well, we can't do this at One Voice and we can't do this at Spotlight, are you looking at adding other venues? 
I know some of the venues that your dad had mentioned, and I know that you know there's possibilities. There's a lot of potential. I mean, really, there's a stage, it's like right? I mean, honestly, if you look at it, um, I mean, we talked about like junior theater potentially, um, Dino Hayes's place, uh, Quad City Theater Workshop, um, and then of course, and this is an intriguing thing that did not come up, and I'm I'm curious about it. I'm curious to hear your answer. What about the um, speakeasy? Would there ever be a, a time when you guys would do a late night show, maybe at the Speakeasy, and go back to your old venue? Because it is obviously it's available. You know the basis of improv, right? Always say yes, yeah. yes, yes, and yes, and, uh, <laughs> yes, and. all those venues that you mentioned are, are you know certainly things that we've thought of. Um, you know, we do have a third partnership for comedy sports, and it's a little bit for a different product uh, that we're excited about. But the ink hasn't dried, so mm-hmm. now you're going to have to have me on for a fourth time. Okay. So like you're trying to get ahead of Mike to get to that sandwich. Right. Uh, but the late night shows, yeah, the Spotlight Theater has invited us and welcomed us to put those on after comedy sports, just like we've been doing. Uh, but yes, we still are in search of a venue that would love to have these late night shows. I mean, that's a wide variety of, you know, live. Uh, we've got live music, live improvised music. We do uh, improvised Shakespeare, stand up comedy. Um, we've got, uh, you know, comedy shows based off of a teenage melodrama series. Uh-huh. I mean, it's it's all over the board. Uh, so. Those shows are well rehearsed, polished, and staffed by professional comedians. But uh, I don't have, other than the spotlight, um, you're right, we don't have a venue yet for those. Have so you talked to Sean Moeller? It's certainly something that we're working on. I have not. Uh, talk, I have not talked to Sean, but I'm saying the the uh, comedy sports was priority number one. Uh-huh. It, it has to be. You know, we that's what we're all invested in. That's what right. brings us together. You know, that we've got 31 comedians that perform that same show. You know, the other shows were they're broken down into smaller groups. So we wanted to make sure that the the whole was good right. before we could start to look at the intangibles there. Um, when is this all going to take place? Uh, you mentioned May 25th is going to be your last show here at the establishment down downtown rock island um what's your timeline for moving on to the other yeah. venues it's going to be kind of a seamless thing where you're going one weekend to the next and boom you're in the spotlight or is there going to be a little bit of you know transition we're going to take one month off so june will be dark okay. uh there will there's no shows scheduled publicly for comedy <laughs> sports i mean we'll still continue to perform our git shows for different bookings uh, in july git being guys and ties uh, no longer. For the, no longer, actually. Oh, it's just GIT now? Yeah, it's just GIT improv. The uninitiated, I was going to say, Patrick. For those of you who don't know the you know abbreviations. I, I'm actually using the... It used to be... Got, now it's GIT. Yeah, and that's ro- that's rolling out right now, okay. actually. And that's where new websites created just hasn't been launched. Um, uh-huh. But the GIT improv is in a, the changes in response to the fact that we're not all guys in right. ties. And okay, uh, so yeah. yeah, I mean, it's like, what... What are we saying? Right. So we want to make this term. I uh, want to take GIT improv, and that's what gentle we, people in ties. What? Well, it just stands for good improv team. <laughs> uh, but we've always called it internally. We've called it GIT for a long time, uh-huh. um, just you know because we like to shorten things. Right. And uh, it's the right move to make, and right. we're very happy to do it. How many people are asking you what's Git? Yeah, right. Git improv. Git improv. Is that it? Yeah, it's a redneck review. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, and so you do you do the show and then you get. Yeah, then you get get out of here. And if you don't get it, you better. Uh-huh. Um, 
But back to the schedule. July is when we're going to start in Spotlight. Uh, second and third weekend. So our opening uh, night is July 13th at Spotlight. And then in uh, August, the second and third weekends will be at One Voice in North Park Mall. Mm-hmm. Spotlight Theater has their own robust schedule. Sure. You know, they're producing a lot of productions as well. And so having this alternating schedule mm-hmm. allows for them to continue seamlessly with their operations and just add us into the fold. Another spot I thought of, uh, what about Black Box in downtown yeah. Moline? Because I know you guys, obviously, you've done um, the your podcast down there and stuff like that. Laura Adams, great person, very easy to work with and stuff. Have you thought about that? Yeah, Comedy Thingy, the pod, sure. uh, Comedy Thingy uh, it has a couple of our comedy sports uh, yeah. Uh, players that are involved and they've been down there we've done GIT down there before so and you know Laura's great to work with so yeah that's certainly on the list I think you need, you need to start calling that Git, Patrick. Git. Git. Yeah, just call it Git. But on paper, it's G dot I dot T dot improv. Need to replace the, the eyes with raccoon heads. Yeah. Git, yeah. And three raccoon heads at the end. Uh, I'm a, yeah, you almost got me in trouble there. But yeah, raccoon heads, great idea. Great yeah, idea. There you go. <laughs> Yes, and Patrick. Yes, and raccoon heads. Yes, and also possum heads. What's well, going to be our new uh, uniform? You know, because we raccoon we come heads and possum heads. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll be like the Slipknot of improv. There you go. Yeah. There you go. You have like the actual skulls hollowed out, and like get a taxidermist to fit them. And it goes great when young kids are in the audience. They love that. Right, they, they love do. kids. Love babies. Love adults. taxidermy uh, faces. Uh, yeah, right. mm-hmm, yeah, with hollowed out skulls. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, and there you go. Uh, so. Uh, Let's look, take a look back. Now, okay, you're starting up, taking June off, starting everything up in August. July. July, sorry, yep, sorry. July. Uh, and then um, then August. Uh, well, July, you're starting up at Spotlight. Spotlight August, you're going voice. to One Voice. And then alternate. Yeah, every, alternate every other month? Every okay. other month, yeah. We'll be in Illinois every other month. We'll be in Iowa on the, uh, on the opposite months. And then, of course, open to adding new venues and stuff and talking to different people about different and things. Adding, adding more shows at those venues, you know. You Absolutely. We just want to make sure, again, that we're starting off strong and stable, and then we'll take it from there. Um, and uh, let's talk a little bit about this place, the establishment. Um, beautiful. I've always loved this theater. Um, I mean, I've shot a movie here, done a show with you guys yeah. here. Um, you know, there's a lot of history to this. It used to be the Rocket way back when. It was the Rocket Theater. Then it was Fallow for a long time. Then we actually came in here. The city bought it. We came in here, shot a movie in here. Then Devin Hansen bought it shortly after that. Did the Rocket Theater like the Bruin view. Um, then that went under, then you guys came in fantastic venue. Um, what, um, is the future that, you know, what is the future for this venue going to be that you're Uh, aware of? Yeah, I agree with you. It's a great room. Like this is an awesomely fun room to play in across a lot of different, uh, entertainment, you know, styles too. It's not exclusive mm-hmm. to comedy or to film or. Yeah, I remember seeing Morris stay in the time here, like back in the 90s. We've had a couple of EDM festivals mm-hmm. here yeah. or shows here in the recent months. And I mean, they've been awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, quartets from the, uh, you know, visiting artist series from the Quad City Arts and things. Yeah. I mean, everything plays well in here. So it's a great room. The future of the building, as far as I know, is that, uh, you know, the building is owned by the District Association of Rock Island. Uh, my understanding is that they want to sell it. So that that is as much as I know, honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, we're uh, obviously 
we're happy to help in any way that Dari needs help. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, we're here through June. We're taking the month of June to, you know, clean up and move out and make it better than we left than we found it. So mm-hmm. yeah, but um, you're gonna leave a mint on like the hmm. bar or something. I'm gonna I'm gonna fold all the toilet paper into little <laughs> triangles. So there yeah, right. And I will uh, leave a few bar towels uh, okay. folded in the shape of swans, uh, a raccoon, and a possum. Oh, there you go. There you go. Hey, nice, nice curl back on that. Um, looking back on this, when you guys first made the decision, big decision, big yeah. decision to kind of go off on your own. I mean, you guys for a long time had been in this in the um, the speakeasy, which was not the speakeasy really. I mean, it wasn't like this quote unquote speakeasy now. It was just like the building next to Circuit Twenty One, and. Um, was and, their costume shop at one point? Right, right. It was the costume shop, and then it kind of became your performance venue, um, which we shared the spot with you at some point. Yeah. We did late night shows there with my Verona, um, and then you guys decided, like 2010, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was 2010. Yeah. Um, hey, we're going to go out on our own into our own space. Um, yeah, you know, his, his, that was his, that's a that's a big deal. History's kind of cyclical in that way, you know. 2010, June. Made, right. That's when that happened, and here we are, 2019, June, go, and we're make, we're exactly. we're we're, uh, we're molting again. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, that was a huge choice, uh, um, and certainly being here was unexpected. You know, we looked at a lot of different venues, venues in Iowa, venues in Illinois, and. Uh, we were actually very close to ending up at the RME at that time. And then the city of Rock Island, um, they had a couple great advocates that did a lot for the downtown area, Zach Wenthe, Mary Chapel. Um, they were uh, the people that I went to and said, hey, I just want to let you know, like out of respect, we might end up in Davenport and you, I want you to tell you at first. Sure. And uh, they said, wait a minute, there has to be something and then Zach came up with this long ball idea of using, you know, the rocket. Uh, so we walked in, we took a tour, and it was dirty, and it was, you know, raccoon heads were different places, and, you know, it had been used as... That was the selling point, right. wasn't it? Well, <laughs> yeah, I like my lawn tchotchke. So right. um, it had been used as a storage facility for, you know, the district events and things like that were taking place, and it needed, the bathrooms needed to be rebuilt and had to be upstairs, and there were, you know, needed air conditions and... Uh, so we were we were a little overwhelmed at what we saw uh-huh. um, because we didn't have enough capital to be able to do the work that needed to be done, and so that's when uh, they came up with uh, getting the city administration on board, and they supplied uh, some TIF financing, and they were able to use that to rehab the building. So in 2010, you know, this old girl got a two hundred thousand dollar facelift, mm-hmm. and then. We were able to open up in November, and that opening night was uh, fantastic. Uh, we put in a ton of volunteer hours. I mean, it wasn't all the work wasn't just solely done by, uh, you know, the construction crews. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had to put in our own, roll up our sleeves, and do our own fair share as well. And so it was fold just, the towels and the raccoon heads, yeah, yeah. you know, well, put the, the fold the toilet paper. Customers, I right. fold the toilet paper for every customer. <laughs> <laughs> we were the only comedy club with bathroom attendants. Um, right. Um, so. Th- Having seeing it come to fruition was just a fantastic. I mean, it was a dream come true. It really was. And like in Mr. Show, where Frenchie comes out with the brushes. <laughs> oh 
okay, this is the you time that you're. That no, the, no, this is the time where you're going to throttle me when I tell you I've never seen an episode. Oh my God, you've never seen Mr. Show. You deserve to be throttled, Patrick. <laughs> but before you get throttled, go and watch Mr. Show. Okay, it's genius. I will. I promise. Um, so yeah, uh, it was just been great, and then that that was a huge leap of faith. But we were well received. I mean, there was a sellout for you know several months, consistent from the opening, and you know we've always had good numbers. We've always had strong support, um, but we also recognized our debt that we had to pay back. You know, I mean, the two hundred thousand dollars was a tremendous investment from the city, and that that money came from the community. Right. And we're not idiots, so when the city, when the Chamber of Commerce, when the Quad City Convention Visitors Bureau, you know, came calling, we said yes, and you know, here's the space for you for free. When people donation letters, we've never said no to a donation request for tickets. Mm-hmm. I have sent out, and without exaggeration, as I'm looking in there, I have sent out probably more than five to six thousand free tickets to comedy sports. We've supported every community fundraiser by reducing our prices here in the building for them. Um, you know, providing MC services, hosting, you know, doing keynote speeches for schools. Like mm-hmm. we have a sense of gratitude, and so we continue to to give that back, and that's why it was. Uh, also, but yet a scary decision to leave this venue also had a certain sense of safety to it because we have such strong support in the community by being a part of the community. Mm-hmm. And so knowing that, you know, being able to go to uh, Brent and, and Scott and say, do you guys want to do this? And them just going, yes, uh-huh. <laughs> whatever. Yes, and. How can we make this work? Uh-huh. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, so that's. Yeah, I mean, just don't burn bridges, kids. Right. <laughs> Take the high road, you know. Uh, and it's been great. This is uh, 31 comedians. I really feel, without disparaging anybody in the past, I really feel like this is the strongest team that I've ever been a part of with comedy sports, and I'm in my 25th year now. Mm-hmm. So um, we're excited. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Uh, so, yeah, it's a, it's a brave decision. And uh, this theater though has got soul man it's got some passion it, it, it really does yeah. what are some of your favorite memories from this theater from being here the last nine years certainly opening night was a great memory um because it was a team effort and a community effort you know there were different members of the you know the administration who helped us through that were here uh the place was packed <laughs> We played a movie that kind of showed the transition from you know speakeasy to the theater and the work that we went through. And then at the end of the movie, at the time, one of our comedians was the director of the Rock Ridge Band. Uh-huh. And so then we had the band kids hiding in the vans outside. And so now the audience is in here. They're all facing forward. It's dark. The movie finishes. Uh, you know, announcing that, hey, this is the establishment. And while the movie was playing, all the band kids filed into the back. And so now you imagine this large, like, you know, chamber getting mm-hmm. filled with the entire drum and brass section of a marching band. And that energy, I mean, it just sent chills up your spine. And the whole the staff, everybody who participated and volunteered got on stage and, I mean, standing applause. And, that, you know, that was a special moment. The other special moment, 2015, we hosted the Comedy Sports World Championship here, you know, just to be able to show, uh, you know, comedians, hundreds of comedians from all across the country, uh, what it is like to be here and to perform in this room and for our crowds. That was a dream come true. We made a great movie uh, to intro with the help of uh, 
uh, D Films. We made a great, fantastic um, opening kickoff movie for that comedy sports championship. And it was just full of comedy sports performers in here. And at the end of the movie, I mean, the roar <laughs> from them of appreciation um, for the venue and kind of just also, too, like the technical capabilities of what the venue can deliver. Uh, just, that was a fantastic moment. But, you know, the, some of the best moments, honestly, are the quiet ones being in here and just looking around going, wow, <laughs> like mm-hmm. I'm here. Like yeah. this is this has been, you know, um, our place to produce and our place to perform together. You see audience members walk in and they look pissed and they look like they had the worst day ever or they had to, you know, I don't know, park a lot long ways away and walk when they didn't want to and you see you just see them come out at the end of the show with the complete opposite look mm-hmm. on their face. I mean, they're high-fiving people and, you know, handing out beers to their neighbor, you know. I mean, it's it's awesome to see that cathartic switch. Um, and I have another fun moment, but I'm going to save it because I'm going to tell it as my uh, funny story okay. for your, uh, I think you have Very a funny good. story segment, right? I, I do. I have another podcast called, well, it's a funny story, which you have been a guest on before where yeah. everybody can, everybody's welcome to come and tell a funny story in that podcast. Now I've told, you don't have to be a comedian. I'm going to tell a funny story. So you guys might want to check that out, but it will be my third funny story. <laughs> so Mike Tums has yet to tell a funny story, Patrick. So you're three up on him. I've and you're three up on Dylan Parker because Dylan hasn't told one either. So, whereas like they're hot on your heels for this podcast, you're you're far in the head. You're you're well on your way to the free sandwich, Patrick. I don't want to switch day jobs, though. right? Yeah. Right. yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't unless you're really good at parceling out that sandwich. I would. No. I'm very. I'm very happy. on it too heavily. I'm very happy making up things for a living. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of where we're at. I mean, this place has got uh, such history for us now. And um, it's we're going to build upon that. Uh, that's what we need to do. We need to stay relevant. We right. need to, we need to adapt to how people are consuming entertainment. We you know they're they're interested in people are still gathering for events. Like if you look at the comedy sports audience and you you pull two hundred people who are in here on any given night, more than fifty percent of them are here because it's a special occasion. Right. You know they're here because it's a birthday, it's a graduation, it's a work party, it's you know an anniversary. Those are the exact same reasons that we get hired with GIT Improv to leave this building. Right. I mean, and so we're already going to them. People are gathering for these events. So for us, it just makes so much more sense to become more mobile. You know, this brick and mortar, while it's a, a it has been a blast for us, it also requires a lot of comedians to staff every weekend. Right. I mean, there are times that we are telling, you know, we're pitching out work to other trusted entertainers because... You know, we can't staff it. Mm-hmm. So this allows us to really expand that mobile side, too. And mm-hmm. so, you know, we're still going to be, uh, it's like, why not go to the people? Right. <laughs> you know, it's, things have changed. And, and uh, we're, this seems to be the best way to stay relevant. <coughs> it's a very intriguing transition. Yeah. Um, and in, in some ways, it kind of mirrors where we're at with quadcities.com where you know 10 years ago um i mean i was working in a brick and mortar i mean i was working for the dispatch and then i was working for the times and then i was you know working for the muscatine journal and the times all brick and mortar you know all tied to an anchor place um and in between there i worked for yahoo 
no brick and mortar. Mm-hmm. Yahoo's out in California. Mm-hmm. I was here in the Quad Cities. Uh, same thing with any other freelance writing. Now I'm with quadcities.com. My office is my laptop. And so it's interesting when like you look at the transitions. People, mobile organizations or organizations that can be mobile, mm-hmm are moving in that direction away from because it, it costs a lot of money to have a brick and mortar place even it does stores. even retail, even retail stores retail yeah stores it's interest it's an intriguing transition not just the ones that are even closing but i know that you know some of the ones that are in more trending areas mm-hmm. are reducing their inventory i mean yeah. that gets an experience you get to go in and you can you know you can touch the clothes you can experience it uh-huh. and then when you're ready to order you place your order online uh-huh. You know, you can do it there from the store. Um, when you first got into journalism, you said you worked for the Argus First here in the Quad City. Well, yeah, when I were, yeah, I worked in Chicago, so I worked a bunch of worked at Naperville News Sun and Elgin Courier and stuff like that. But then I moved out here were to the those Quad City. Brick brick oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all brick and mortar places. Okay. And it wasn't until last decade that I started when I started freelancing when my son was born and everything, and I was like, I, I want to be out of the office so I can spend more time with my son. That. Um, I started, you know, working freelance and basically my laptop, my phone or my office. And I mean, I'd kind of realized that beforehand because I remember like having this moment. And I don't remember when it was exactly. It was like in like the early 2000s when things really started to take off with the Internet. And I remember Joe Payne was the features editor at the time. He was my boss at the Argus. And I remember sitting there and going, you know, I love this office, but honestly, like, all of my work is done on my phone mm-hmm. and my laptop mm-hmm. and i have a feeling that at some point this we're not going to be in this office anymore you know everything is going to be done here because there's really there's no need i could work from home mm-hmm. you know it's really strange but it's true it's like all of my interviews were done via phone for the most part or i went and met somebody in a coffee shop or whatever and all the writing was done on a computer well that was there was one thing when you had to work on a typewriter or you had to work from a PC, which at a central location. But now with the advent of laptops and how powerful they are, you can go anywhere and just email your story in. And so, yeah, as that started to transition, I remember thinking, like, this is where it's going. This is the future. This is what's going to happen because eventually the owners of these media entities are going to realize, holy crap, this is a lot of money. and. Right. And the only thing that's keeping them there are the printing presses. Yep. I mean, really, it's the printing press that keeps them that in the brick and mortar that yeah. needs a house. Yeah. Right? Exactly. It's, a, it's an intriguing look forward into the future in regard to this. The reason why I asked is just because I, I find it interesting that you bring that up because mm-hmm. there is some parallel um, between the two industries in that way. You know, being in, in comedy, you know, 1990, obviously, we had such a great stand-up boom in the 80s and the 90s. Yeah. Um, and comedy sports, the majority of comedy sports cities, so comedy sports started in 83 back in Milwaukee. But the majority of the comedy sports cities, when they first started out, they were doing that, like, they were doing a show uh, in a side room at a Rocky Rococo pizzeria, right. you know, and then, or they were, uh, you know, they were in the party room above a bar or, mm-hmm. you know, and and then as the the strength of the comedy scene grew, you know, those, they sought the, the stability of owning their own space and having a venue where right. people know like oh i'm going to the comedy club yep and then you know but that it now has also is now gone away again because the majority of the comedy now is all it's streaming it's mobile it's podcasts mm-hmm. it's it's a it follows the same phone and laptop that yeah, you used to work it really does and so yeah it's just kind of interesting <laughs> that there's a lot of that there's a parallel there 
Yeah, yeah, it is. I, I think anything that you can that can be done without a brick and mortar will ultimately be done without a brick and mortar, just because it's cost mo- much more cost effective. Yeah. Flux capacitor moment. It is a flux capacitor <laughs> moment. It is. So. As long as you have the 1.21 gigawatts of energy to power your phone and your laptop, then you're good to go, Patrick. Um, Yeah, I mean, it would be a different story. If we were just a bar, if we were just the building and we contracted in all the performers, you know, then it would be a completely different story. Mm -hmm. We're performers first, you know, we're venue venue owners second. Right, and I mean, that's the thing is you can go anywhere, really. I mean, you'd already been doing it. Yeah. So... It does make sense from a practical standpoint. Um, doesn't you know make things great for downtown Rock Island or the people down here? I, I imagine that they're like looking for somebody to to step in. And I hope they do. I really hope they do. I, I think that's what I'm curious as to what they're going to do because th- this is this is a, a, basically a turnkey. Yeah. So this would be a perfect if somebody's looking. If you've got like a Sean Moeller, who's, or you've got like a Laura Adams or somebody who's looking for, who's an entrepreneur who's looking for a theater to, to stage shows, whether they be theatrical productions or concerts, this this is it. I mean, really, it's like I don't know what the rent is or whatever, or the financial hagglings with the with the with Dari, but I would imagine that this would be a very attractive landing spot for somebody who's looking for one. One of my favorite features about this room is that everything's directed towards the performance area. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, there are no windows. When when you're in the hall, there's no no distractions from the outside. You know, because of the three levels of seating when the raised stage, all eyes are forward. And it really um, focuses the audience's energy and attention and noise. And that just helps elevate, you know, almost any performance. But yeah, definitely performance Performance venue of any kind, um, this would be a great space for, or um, you know, even faith-based groups can make good use out of this space too. Uh, so yeah, it's. I hope somebody comes in here. I hope they have as much fun as we had for the last eight years, because man, if they do that, their life's going to be better. And mm-hmm. like, I, I want something here. It does only good for the city. I mean, that's the city I live in. Right. That's the city my daughter goes to school in. Right. I uh, I want there to be a thriving downtown. Right. Um, you know, that without saying, you know, that it affects our decision to leave, mm-hmm. I, it is still a desire of mine. And if there's some way that we can help facilitate that, um, you know, we're happy to do it. Can you see yourselves coming back here as a performing troupe if somebody else bought the theater or came in and made it into a theater? Um can you guys see yourselves coming back and, and performing here? Yes, and. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you know, I initially, when the news first came out, because we had announced that we were leaving, you know, a month or so ago, um, but then, you know, we hadn't announced where we were going. Um, and so that's kind of getting more attention at this point than the initial, hey, we're, we're leaving. Um, so... I had been contacted uh, by another performer in the area who asked me that same very same question. You know, like, well, if if I took it over, right, would you still perform? Who's that? And say yes, yes, and I can't <laughs> tell you. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so we're certainly open to that. Uh-huh. I said we're, we're performers first, and boy, do we love performing in this room. Uh-huh. Uh, you know. 
that's a tough thing to leave as a performer. You got a good feel here. You know, it's like every performer is going to have their favorite spot to play. You know, yeah. even the guys who are out touring the nation, they're going to be like, oh, I love that room. Right. And we get that so often in here. I mean, we love this room. Right? So it's a great place to play. We're happy to come back. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like, especially if this was 10, 15 years ago when I was doing my Verona, I could totally see me like being like yes please please. and like just like stepping right in and taking this place over and then asking you guys hey can you come back and we'll set you up as a regular you know stable of performers on every other weekend or whatever you want to come back and do late night shows every saturday or whatever that you want to do i think that that would be a very attractive option to anybody who comes in here and takes this place over then you have a regular entertainment slate on a particular day you know every friday it's going to be yep. comedy sports yep. with a late night show etc yep. etc et yeah i mean we have a lot of um everybody who performs in comedy sports and performs improv here with the establishment they all have their own of course personal chemistry and combination mm-hmm. of why they're attracted to it but you know whittle it all down laughter and applause you know right. we, we we seek that so we want to perform where there's an audience, um, wherever that may be. So we're happy to we're happy to say, yeah, we're open to possibilities, of course. Well, and that's the other thing that's interesting is you mentioned you have 31 performers yeah. within the troupe. Now, obviously, as we all know, anybody who's come out to one of the show, not all 31 people are on the stage at once. It's yeah. a, it's a small group of people, and you kind of parcel people out. So you could realistically have three different venues on a given weekend, Mm -hmm. three or four venues that are having comedy sports on that given weekend um, where you have, you have enough performers where you could have like some, one group here, one group at spotlight, one group at one voice, one group at wherever. Yeah. And that does happen. And and that happens now frequently. It's just not public, Mm -hmm. you know, with the GIT improv, you know, we'll be doing a show two shows here at the establishment at the same time we're doing a show for uh, you know grinnell college uh you know golf outing and at the same time we're doing a show for north scott after prom right you know there's multiple times that those that very situation <laughs> takes place and that's why we need to have so many comedians right. you know some people are surprised by the amount of cast that we have and they also get to kind of choose the frequency in which they perform some of us are you know we're full-time performers and and others are happy to do you know a couple shows a month that's what fits their life Mm -hmm. so but to be able to have the flexibility to do multiple shows at once is something we've always needed Mm -hmm. so yeah absolutely so what have we not talked about that you want to talk about that you think is really important? And then let's take a look look at the future and give us a preview of where you see you guys where do you see you guys in a year, maybe, you know, or six months, a year, five years from now, Patrick. It's like a job. It's like a job interview, yeah. Uh, five years from now, forget that. I'm not, you're not Nostradamus. So <laughs> no. But I, I think you can reasonably say like six months from now, this is what we see a year from now, this is what we see. I think it was Mitch Hedberg that said, I see myself celebrating the five year anniversary of you asking me this question <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, what is it that I want to say that hasn't been said um, I want to say thank you more than anything I want to say thank you uh, to the families and to the people who have come and laughed with us whether that was one time or a hundred times uh, just by doing that you've made uh, an 
a lot of people happy, a lot of comedians happy, bartenders happy, tech people happy. Um, even just laughing together with strangers increases the amount of joy that they have you know, here at the show. So I want to say thank you to the fans, and I also want to say thank you uh, to the comedians and to the staff, because they have participated in this team um, so selflessly and so giving of their time and of their talent like the talent is so deep in the quad cities it does not get the credit that it deserves and not just this theater and not just you know the musicians and the artists and the poets and the i mean it's it's a ridiculously rich area with arts and culture and uh we certainly have that cross segment here and so i just want to say thank you to them for allowing me to perform with them because uh Without that, I certainly wouldn't have a smile on my face today. I know that. So I do want to say that. Um, where do I see us in a year? I see us expanding even further. I see in a year that we have said yes and to this decision. The, the founder of um, Comedy Sports, Dick Chud, now told me once, uh, make a decision, then make it the right decision. Meaning, because of course, in improv, we embrace failure. Mistakes are gifts. We, you know, they're usually the funniest part of the night mm-hmm. um, when something goes wrong. Because when it goes wrong and it's treated right, um, you know, you can really, you can really spin gold if everybody's got the same focus. And we certainly do. So I see us uh, taking that first step, landing with a sure foot, and expanding from there. Um, I see us more mobile. I see us doing more uh, keynote speeches. I see us doing more soft skills training. With with corporations and organizations. I see us in the schools more. Um, I feel like our impact in the community can be bigger than it has been. And we can do that by giving up, um, by giving back the time and the energy that owning your own venue takes. Mm. And so we're looking forward to being able to reinvest that time and energy to expand what we're doing. So, I mean, a year, I, I see it being bigger than it is now. Absolutely. I mean, it's got a rich history, and it's not going anywhere. Cool. Patrick, thank you so much for your time, and I appreciate it. Yeah, on your you. third, third appearance on QC Uncut, Patrick. Two away from the sandwich. There you go. Mike Tomes, the, um, My, I'm it has been, the gauntlet has been thrown. <laughs> Dylan Parker, you're one behind, so step it up. Can't beat you in office, but I'll beat you in podcasts. There you go. There you go. So, again, thank you very much to Patrick Adamson, my guest. The um, what owner and what's your official title with Comedy Sports? I am the owner of Comedy Sports Quad Cities Ltd. There you go, there you go. And um, you are moving May twenty fifth, so you can yeah. see, still see shows here at the Establishment yeah. Theater in downtown Rock Island through May twenty for the next two weeks. After which you're taking June off. And then you are coming back in July at the Spotlight Theater in Moline. Yes. And in August, you're going to be at One, one Voice. Voice. I keep, want to keep on call. I want to call it One Vision, like after the Queen song, but it's One Voice <laughs> in, in North, North Park. Park Mall, right next to Von Maher. Yes. So. No showtime. Are you going to be? Are you intimidated about competing with Santa Claus in December at One Voice, Patrick? Uh, we're excited about including him in our performance. There you go. There you go. That's always the yeah. that's the right spirit. That's the yes and spirit. Well, yeah, because Santa. you know, in improv, you need to be present, and who's more present than Santa? Right, and he's got a lot of presence. Yes. Uh-huh. There you go. Okay, so thank you very much, uh, Patrick Adamson, and also thank you for listening to this show. As always. 
listening to QC Uncut, uncut, unedited, uncensored conversation with local newsmakers, hosted by me, Sean Leary. Thank you so much, and hope you have a great day.